going on. That was a fast one today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we like a fast one. It's bored, too. What? Yeah. No. <laughs> That's probably it, to be honest. Yeah. It's pretty boring when the world comes to a screeching halt. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I, for one, am recording on location today. Where's that? My dining room. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's pretty I made different. I my way all the way out of the bedroom. I know. No, I'm kind of in a fixed location, so I don't really get much scenery. I mean, part of the reason why I did this is because there's a window. Granted, it overlooks all of the buildings around me and a parking lot and not much else. But you know what? It's the little things. Yeah, it looks like you're looking outside, which is important in these times. It feels like I'm looking outside. Yeah. Um, uh, so we're going to get pretty depressing today, I've heard. We're going to get so depressed and then Can't a little wait. bit indignant and then maybe slightly uplifted. Okay. Well, it sounds like we're going to be on depressed. an emotional roller coaster. It's definitely an emotional roller coaster. I. I actually kept yelling. I can say this because if you haven't read the title, this is your fault. I I quite literally kept saying to Michael when I was researching this, I was like, why do I always pick the episodes with kids? Excuse me. I had James Bolger and Sylvia Likens, two of our like, I know. roughest. Um, all right. I will give you Sylvia Likens as the roughest, but please let's not forget Madeline McCann. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That but was that was We don't know if it's a murder hard. or something. I think it's a little obvious All right. that she ain't coming back. And then we had Kaylee Anthony. Yeah, that's true. That one, she's we, dead. There's always a bunch of kids ones that are just the worst. Kids are tough. Kids are not good. And that's going to get taken out of context. <laughs> but I just, we. I mean, I'm I'm good, thanks. I'm good, thanks. We need to start thinking more about whether or not we should be covering more kids yeah right i don't know how much more of that i can take uh well there's some of the most well-known cases and we cover the cases that have a lot of pop culture surrounding it so oh and we're gonna there's some people probably have an inkling of the pop culture surrounding this case but y'all don't even know i don't think i do so i'm excited to hear the iceberg yes you do I probably the minute I say it, you're going to know. Oh, okay. Well, the minute I say it, you're going to know. Let me know. Okay. So for those who didn't read the title, maybe you want to be surprised. Maybe with all of this, you've forgotten how to read. I know I'm getting close to that point. We are talking about the disappearance and murder of Aton Pates. Ooh. Yes. And like I mentioned before, this is a tough one. Mm-hmm. But Aton, to give a little background, um... Aton Khalil Pates was born on October 9th, 1972 in Manhattan, New York to Julie and Stan Pates. And on the morning of May 25th, 1979, it was a really hectic time in the Pates household, first of all. Uh, It was the last day of school before Memorial Day weekend. It was also the end of the school year. So everything's nuts at the end of the school year, especially right before a long weekend. Um, Aton's mother, Julie who she ran a daycare out of the family's loft in Soho. Wow. She had a two-year-old that wasn't hers to tend to. And then she also had her younger son, Ari, to tend to. Um, the younger, the other kid had stayed over. Mm-hmm. So right off the bat, as soon as she woke up, it was like, okay. Uh, and then also, Aton's eight-year-old sister, Shira, didn't want to get out of bed, as children are wont to do. Yeah. As I am wont to do. Um, so Aton, meanwhile, he got up, he was ready to go, and he's six, you know? Mm-hmm. Everybody remembers being six. You start school and you're actually excited to get homework. Oh, it's yeah. it's that kind yeah, it's that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So he's constantly pushing to be more like a big kid and to be more independent. Um so like per his mother um amidst the craziness and everything he saw an opportunity to further assert his independence Mm -hmm. and that was to walk the two blocks to his school bus stop by himself at six years old at six years old in manhattan in manhattan 
in the 70s. Yeah. I walked home from the first day of, it was either kindergarten or first grade. That I, oh, I walked home by myself. I wasn't supposed to, but uh, I don't know why. I don't know why I thought I could. I, we didn't live that far away from the school. I think like it was like yeah, it was like down a hill, but it was maybe maybe ten blocks. But like I live that's in a, a like, lot though. I live in like a little suburban town. Like it's not yeah, it's big, tiny. I think I walked home because I was like I know the way home, so <laughs> I can walk home. And my mom fucking flipped out. She like called the police. The like police went to our house. I was home by the time the police got to like our house. And I was like, what? Like I walked home. And and I remember like I remember like I cracked the door open and I was like, I'm not supposed to like let strangers in or like talk to strangers. And they're like, but we're cops. Show me your badge. Yeah, right? I was a little badass. Uh, my mom will like her heart will stop if she remembers that story. <laughs> But oh, yeah. I'm going to ask her about that after this. Yeah, I was a fucking terror of a child. But um, yeah, so I can understand the want to, <laughs> to be apparently uh, independent and walk your damn self. Yeah, and your mom can understand how fucking Aton Pats's mother felt. Pates's mother felt. Yes. Um, Jesus Christ, Haley. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, I'm sitting here like a six-year-old walking alone. I wasn't allowed to fucking walk from my bus stop back to, or I, fuck, I wasn't allowed to take a bus until I was in high school, until I was a freshman in high school, only because my mother had no choice at that point. Yeah. She had no way of getting me to school on time. And even then, my mom, my mom, I'd say, drove me down and picked me up at the bus stop the first semester at least of high school because she was like absolutely not but granted i was extremely sheltered more so than is normal yeah but, but um so, but it, like a six-year-old in i think manhattan is worse than however the fuck i was however old i was um in my little tiny suburban town which there had to have been at least eight or nine people that saw me walk home so yeah 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 well, and I think that's kind of because don't forget, this is around the time where latchkey kids were also pretty common. Yeah, I think this um, was like right. Or, like my mom probably knows about this case. Oh, like, definitely. But like very vividly, I think this is her senior year of high school. 1979. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I think my dad was 76. Yeah. Well, regardless, Julie had a lot going on. Her hands were very full. She's got two kids she's trying to wrangle she's trying to get another one out of bed and then Aton's sitting there going let me go outside let me walk myself to school i can do yeah. it i can do it i can do it so reluctantly no judgment she agrees um, no absolutely no judgment if, if it's yeah. only two blocks then and how yeah. many times has he walked uh, how many times has he like been there like he knows the way it's not like he's yeah. gonna get lost it's never a question of do you know how to get there yeah so she she was like okay and he, because again, remember he's six, packed his favorite toy cars into his backpack, which was like a little tote pad, tote bag given to him by a friend's mom mm -hmm. and was decorated with little elephants because again, he's six. Doesn't like, it's not like he's got what homework to put in his bag. Yeah. Right. And he's going on an adventure. Like he's, yes! he's walking two blocks to school. Yes. So he also put on his favorite hat, which was an Eastern Airlines future flight captain hat. Ooh. Yes. A blue corduroy jacket, jeans, and blue sneakers with fluorescent stripes. Adorable. Julie then walked Aton outside and watched him from the window of their home at 113 Prince Street as he walked to his school bus stop, carrying a dollar bill given to him by their handyman, Neil Miller, and he planned to buy a soda on the way to school, which was the school is Independence Plaza School. Mm-hmm. And that was the last time Julie ever saw her son. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's terrifying. So, yeah. That afternoon, after calling around because Aton didn't come home, she found out that not only was he not in his first grade class that day, but he didn't even make it to his bus stop. He didn't get on the bus. He wasn't there. Bus driver was like, I didn't see him. Why didn't she get a call when he wasn't in school? So, Aton's teacher noticed his absence, but didn't report it to the principal. That's yep. pretty fucked up. 
uh-huh if a little kid doesn't show up you have to at least like call the like I, I know at least when i was in school if you weren't in school you had to like call the office and be like hey so and so is sick like they're not going to be yes. in today blah blah, blah. And or, they else, were or else they would call your yeah they would call your house hell they were calling my house one time literally we had a sub and the sub did not mark me as there even though i was there and i got a call on my phone from my mother screaming at me because she thought again i'm a freshman in high school where am i gonna go but because they called her saying where is caitlin she's not in class and i'm sitting here like i'm looking at my math teacher right now yeah i'm in class and yeah so the fact that they they didn't do that for a first grader is pretty wild right but um, so then Julie said that when she realized that Aton was missing, she fell into shock. She said, quote, my legs started giving out. Um, and before long, the family's apartment had been converted into a command center where police investigators, volunteers, neighbors and journalists had all assembled. And oh, the Pates is so scary. Yep. The, so the Pates's search for Aton began and at first, the detectives considered the Pateses to be possible suspects, but quickly determined that they had no involvement and just wanted their son back. Yeah, the, I mean, they always look to, like, the most obvious thing first. Yeah. It's always going to be, like, the parents are the first suspects. Yeah. So, an intense search began that evening using nearly 100 police officers and a team of bloodhounds. Aton's image spread widely, splashed across the front pages of the city's newspaper and shown on television newscasts. Um, Aton's father, Stan, was actually a professional photographer. And I, I like think about to add to this craziness, his studio was also out of their loft. So they've got a oh, daycare wow. and a photography studio being run out of their home. Like, of course, it's crazy. Yeah. But so he had taken like photos of his son because of course he did so this collection of photographs were put on missing posters um and like this also included ones that had been illustrated so that you could see his hair coming out from under a baseball cap that would be like what he was wearing that he left Uh the the apartment in and these were plastered all over the city and the photos were also projected on screens in times square oh wow yeah and in his parents' effort to find him, Aton is said to be the first missing child to be featured on a milk carton. Oh, okay. Yep. There it is. Yeah. I, I was surprised that it, that it, as soon as I started to say his image, that you weren't like, oh, I know what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so he, was the fir- he is said to be the first missing child to be put on a milk carton, wow. um, which prompted the practice to be used in a vast amount of missing children's cases in the future. And Aton was among the first non-celebrity missing children to gain national attention the way that Jean Benet Ramsey later would in 1996. Mm-hmm. So his disappearance with the search and the concern that it generated overtook Lower Manhattan. And mm-hmm. neighbors remembered the police going door to door with officers showing them his picture, asking questions, going through apartments room by room. And as author Amanda Stern wrote in a retrospective of the case, which was published by the New York Times in or by New York Times magazine mm-hmm. in 2001 after Aton, I won't spoil that, um, quote, we lacquered ourselves to the evening news, pried open windows, called across to neighbors, stories bounced around like kids in a moonwalk. Someone saw Aton in a lumber store on the subway. Uh, in a lumber store on the subway seemed that people saw him like light trails every time they turned we slept to bloodhounds and loudspeakers has anyone seen this little boy he is three feet four inches tall and was carrying a cloth bag with imprints of elephants end quote Mm. um oh and there's more just kidding no end quote our shiny gold name decals were torn off shirts i feared slowly passing cars in the solitude of my bedroom at school we learned about stranger danger end quote um because again um amanda was in school yeah at the time um so despite all the attention paid to the case no answers came and in the decades after aton went missing there were fake confessions false leads um even young men who were showing up on the pates's doorstep claiming to be aton oh that is horrible yep that's that's um and that's another fucked up one that's some wineville shit yeah Um, yeah exactly why do we keep doing kids 
Um, so different theories were floated around. Uh, various suspects emerged, including a convicted child molester named Jose Ramos, um, who the authorities pursued for years. They really thought that it might be him. And just based on his track record, it really did seem like it could be him. Mm-hmm. Um, he was actually in a relationship with a woman who had been hired as a babysitter at one point to walk Aton home from school. Oh, wow. That is really close. Yeah. Uh, but he was questioned while in custody and confessed to abducting and raping a young boy the same day as Aton disappeared. Holy hell. Kid even matched Aton's description. However, wow. he didn't specifically identify Aton and just claimed he was 90% sure, quote, that it was him. He oh, okay. also so stated he kind that of he, confessed. Yes. He also stated that he had left this boy alive afterward, meaning that the boy would have presumably been able to return home, unlike Aton. Yeah. And this 90% confession proved to be problematic since there was nothing definitive to link Ramos to the crime. So even though he was like, oh, I, I'm pretty sure I did it, that, that doesn't mean jack shit. Yeah. Um. So then when Ramos bragged to another inmate in 1991 that he knew intimate details about Aton's disappearance, this further indicated that he may have been involved, but the police were never able to make a case against him, so he was never charged. Wow. Even so, Aton's parents filed a civil suit against Ramos in 2004 and won $2 million in damages. Mm. And that case with him, whether or not he had anything to do with um, Aton's molestation, was left unsolved, technically. Okay. So over the years, developments would bring renewed attention. And in 2000, investigators spent eight hours searching the basement of a building in Lower Manhattan where Ramos had previously lived. The search uncovered bone fragments, but they turned out to belong to pets, not humans, and which is fucked up all on its own. Yeah, but, yeah. But uh, the case eventually went cold, and Aton was declared legally dead in 2001. Mm. Um, which is why that Amanda Stern, that's why the article was relevant at the time. Yeah. So the investigation was then reopened in 2010, and two years later in 2012, um, authorities went to dig up the workshop of the handyman that had given Aton the dollar bill, okay. um, Miller, after investigators realized that he had poured a concrete floor shortly after Aton disappeared. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So the search brought up a huge new wave of news media coverage, but it didn't turn up Aton's remains. That being said, it did receive tons of coverage, which caused a new influx of calls and tips about the case to surge forth. Mm-hmm. And luckily, one finally pointed authorities in the right direction. Within a few weeks of the search of Miller's basement, a New Jersey resident named Jose Lopez reached out to investigators saying he believed that his brother-in-law, Pedro Hernandez, could have been responsible for Aton's disappearance. Mm, okay. So let's go back a little bit. So on May 25th, 1979, the day that Aton disappeared, Hernandez, meanwhile, was an 18-year-old high school dropout who had recently moved to Manhattan from Camden, New Jersey. Mm. And Camden worked- is a really shitty town. It's a really <laughs> shitty guy, so that would make sense. It's one of also, the shittiest so- in the country. Sorry, sorry Camden, but also not I'm sorry at all. Be better. Sorry to our listeners from Camden. Um so he was working as a stock clerk in a bodega at West Broadway and Prince near Aton's bus stop. Remember, they lived on Prince. Yeah. So soon after Aton disappeared, possibly within days, Hernandez moved back to New Jersey, just up and moved and got a job in a dress factory. Then he started telling people that he had killed a child in New York City. Why? Why? And who? Like, who are you telling these things to? And why do you need to tell them? We'll get to that. We'll get to that. All right. Questions will be answered. So after, fast forwarding, after his brother-in-law called the police in 2012, investigators interviewed Hernandez for several hours when authorities said he finally broke down and told them that he had lured Aton into the bodega's basement, asking him if he wanted a soda, and then attacked Mm him. Okay. Um, So Hernandez, in a portion of the interrogation that was recorded on video, told the detectives, quote, I grabbed him by the neck and I started to choke him, end quote. Mm -hmm. He stopped short of saying that he killed Aton and claimed that the boy was alive when he put him in a plastic bag and the bag inside a box, which he dumped about a block away. 
Okay. As part of his confession, he also signed a, quote, missing poster. I don't know why I have that in quotes. That makes no sense. He signed a missing poster, duh, uh-huh. showing Aton to confirm to investigators that that photo was of the boy he had attacked. Like, they, you know how yeah. Ramos was saying he was 90% sure. This was like saying, I'm 100% sure this is what he looked like. Uh-huh. And Hernandez said in one of the interviews, quote, I just couldn't let go. I felt like something just took over me, end quote. Hmm. So almost 33 years to the day after Aton's disappearance, the police announced that they had made an arrest. And police commissioner Raymond W. Kelly told reporters at a news conference, quote, we believe that this is the individual responsible. So during the trial, the foundation of the prosecution's case against Hernandez was literally just his own confession mm-hmm. he there were no remains of Aton's. there wasn't a crime scene from which they could pull evidence so the prosecutors had very little to work with and so they showed the video recordings of interviews that hernandez gave to the authorities around the time of his arrest and presented the testimony of the detectives and the people he had confessed to decades earlier mm-hmm in the interviews recorded on video, the prosecutors, which the prosecutors repeatedly played for the judges during the trial, Hernandez described encountering a boy on a sidewalk outside the bodega and asking him if he wanted a soda. Mm-hmm. So it was revealed during the trial that in the years following Aton's murder, after Hernandez returned to New Jersey, he opened up to an elder member of his church group at a religious retreat and in 1982, confessed to a prayer group falling to his knees in tears. It was like a public confessional type prayer group. Yeah. So when police questioned Hernandez's family about the incident, it turns out his brother-in-law and his wife confirmed the story and that the church confession was a longtime, quote, open family secret, end quote, mm, that had okay. been anxiously discussed again with the news of the basement excavation. So Hernandez had also confessed to his ex-wife that he had committed the murder before they got married. She still married this guy. Okay. So, and again, they're going, they're going so, so long without saying anything, knowing that this guy is saying he killed somebody. Did they, did like the police give the, um, the soda detail that he had the dollar because he wanted to go get a soda? I, not that I know of, no. So it's, it would be very suspicious that he had that detail. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it's um, looking like he really did it. Yeah, it's looking like he really did it. Okay. So Hernandez had confessed to his ex-wife that he'd committed the murder before they had gotten married. Uh, but according to her testimony and that of a childhood friend who he also told, there were differences in the accounts. Uh, Hernandez's friend thought that he had killed a black child. Not that that makes a fucking difference. You should still tell somebody, but... You should still tell um, somebody, but it wouldn't be relevant to this particular case. Yeah, yeah. And then his ex-wife, he he called the person he murdered a muchacho. So she thought that had meant a teenage boy and not a child. However, she also testified that after they were married, she found an image of Aton taken from one of the missing posters in a box of his in the closet. Creepy. Super creepy. Yep. So Hernandez's defense largely centered on undermining his credibility and that of the um, authorities. There was, once they figured out that the main, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um piece of evidence that the prosecution had were his mm-hmm. videotapes. They tried to say, well, these tapes, some of them were taken before he was given his Miranda rights, so they should be thrown out. Okay. The thing is, he confessed almost immediately. So mm-hmm. if they throw that out, that's throwing out his verbal confession, most of, the, most of it. Okay. Um, so obviously that was not thrown out. But his lawyers did argue that he had limited intelligence, a low IQ, a personality disorder that made it difficult for him to distinguish between reality and fantasy. So they contended he may have confessed to something he believed he had done, but that he did not, but that that didn't mean he did it. (laughs) Okay. Yep. So they said he had schizotypal personality disorder, which is a condition marked by symptoms that include severe paranoia, social anxiety, and unusual beliefs. Mm -hmm. And... With this, his youngest daughter, Becky Hernandez, testified, basically saying, yup, he's got it, and talked about her father's strange behavior. 
and mm-hmm. his claims of seeing demons and an angelic ah, angelic an angelic woman in white his watering a dead tree branch to make it grow and how she would see him talking to himself okay the defense also argued that ramos they brought him up the convicted child molester uh-huh. had the motive and the opportunity to have been responsible for Aton's disappearance mm-hmm. nothing about whether hernandez did though all right so their arguments stirred doubt among members of the jury and in 2015 the judge declared a mistrial after 18 days of deliberations and a deadlocked jury a single member of the panel who did not believe hernandez was guilty held out and he said that he'd been persuaded by defense arguments that hernandez had mental health problems that called his called his admissions into question and that another suspect could have been the killer mm-hmm sure okay but regardless um i lost my place in my notes where am i oh god and that's that's not just where am i in my notes where am i in real life what am i doing yeah. with my life Let's let's just think about that for a minute. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. So after a four month retrial began in 2016, Hernandez was found guilty on February 14, 2017, of the murder and kidnapping of Aton Pates, and he was sentenced to 25 years to life in prison. Mm-hmm. So Cyrus R. Vance Jr., the Manhattan DA, said after the verdict, "quote The families in New York and across the country for nearly four decades." bringing closure on Aton's disappearance to the family. Oh, I was like, that's not a sentence. That's because I missed the (laughs) fucking word. Uh, Quote, the disappearance of Aton Pates haunted families in New York and across the country for nearly four decades. Bringing closure on Aton's disappearance to the Pates family has also been among my highest priorities since I took office. Today, a jury affirmed beyond all lasting doubt that Pedro Hernandez kidnapped and killed the missing child, end quote. Aton's father also weighed in on the verdict, telling the media, quote, the Pates family has waited a long time, but we finally found some measure of justice for our wonderful little boy, Aton. And Stan Pates, he sat through every day of the trial. He went <sighs> every day. He He's an old man by this point. Yeah. And he's... He even brought um, a cushion to use on the benches of the courtroom. Mm -hmm. Um, His wife, Julie, not only could not bring herself to attend emotionally, but she was also at this point in a wheelchair. So she couldn't necessarily physically attend. Yeah. Um, But Stan said that he had called Julie and like when the verdict was read and she cried at the news. Mm-hmm. And he said, quote, I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful. This jury finally came back with what I've known for a long time, that this man, Pedro Hernandez, is guilty of doing something really terrible so many years ago, end quote. Mm. So in 2019, the Pates family finally has closure, and Julie and Stan Pates sold their Prince Street loft and moved to Hawaii, where their other son, that two, who, Ari, who was two at the time, he lives there. Uh-huh. Um, and that's according to New York Post. And the apartment sold for nearly $4 million in July, according to Street Easy. Wow. Yeah. But just like last summer, it sold. Yeah. That's really crazy. Yeah. That they've so, been hanging out oh. in that same place for so long. Well, I mean, I can kind of understand it just because until there is a, okay, this is what happened to your son. I can see them being like, well, what if he comes home and we're not here? yeah that's that's terrible yeah but then to have all of those like uh people who say that they were him come and yeah say, yeah shitty people yeah that's fucking terrible yeah but in some more uplifting news Aton pates's disappearance reverberated far beyond his neighborhood and on may 25th 1983 which is the fourth anniversary or was the fourth anniversary of Aton's abduction President Ronald Reagan declared it to be National Missing Children's Day, and that designation spread worldwide. So in 2001, May 25th became International Missing Children's Day. Wow. Yeah. And Aton's case, along with that of Adam Walsh and several other children adopt- abducted, not adopted. Oh, my God. Uh, okay. Several abducted. other children abducted across the United States. Thank you also helped prompt the establishment of the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children in 1984. Mm. 
um, in an attempt to raise awareness about child predators and preventing such tragedies as that which happened to Aton Pates, Adam Walsh, um, even even technically Jean Benet Ramsey, unless it's finally proven that Burke did it. Um, yeah. But regardless, the um, International Center for Missing and Exploited Children coordinates the quote help bring them home campaign in 22 countries in conjunction with international missing children's day and paula s face a historian and the author of the book kidnapped child abduction in america told the new york times in 2015 quote this case served as a wellspring of the idea that when little boys and little girls but especially boys were taken that it was almost certainly by a pedophile end quote mm-hmm so the extensive media attention given to Aton's disappearance has been credited with creating greater calls to attention for missing children and resulting in societal changes such as a being less willing to allow your children to walk to school mm-hmm. um, and the promotion of the concept of stranger danger, which is the idea that all adults not known to the children must be regarded as potential sources of danger. Yep. Um, and also, again, the milk carton. That became yeah, a big That thing. was the biggest yeah. one, yeah. That was the big one, yeah. From this but, case. Um, yes. But an episode of 48 Hours in the, um, like, titled Lost Boy was aired on June 8th, 2019, and it discusses the case and was produced by Murray Weiss, who has reported on Eaton Path on the Aton Pates case since the day the boy vanished in 1979 while he was working for the New York Daily News. Wow. He kept yeah. with it for so long. Yeah. So that's the, that's the, I mean, it's still upsetting. I can't believe it. Like, I remember, uh, I remember hearing the the name of the boy, but I can't believe that it's been going on for so long. Like it was just last year that this kind of like wrapped up. Yeah. That's nuts. Oh, it gets worse. Oh God. So. We talk about pop culture things on this show. Yeah. No matter how fucking stupid they may be. There is a book, a fiction novel, okay. that is partly based on the story of Aton's disappearance called Still Missing. Okay, fine. There have been other books. There have been movies that are based on these things. The difference between this one and all of those others is that the book's author, Beth Gutchen, was neighbors with the Pates for over a decade, including at the time of the book's release and Aton's disappearance. Oh. Shira Pates, their daughter, was actually about the same age as Beth's son, David, and Uh she often walked walked over from her home on Broadway to bring her son to Julie's playgroup. So she was just kind of using his story but like how awkward is that to still be neighbors with them oh wait oh Oh, wait so the novel is about a six-year-old boy in boston named alex selkie who kissed his mother goodbye headed for school but never arrived um this was published in 1981 two years after aton's disappearance and despite many similar details to the point of like the person investigating the case is pretty much the same um, the circumstances, the age, it's a, it happens in a major city. It's the mother is the last one to see him. Um, there is a much different ending than that of Aton's story. Oh, and no. the boy lives and is returned to his mother. Ugh. Yep. And ultimately, the Pates were appalled at the advertising for the book when it appeared. Uh, Stan told the New York Times, quote, everyone said, Sue, you've been abused. They said, Beth Gutchen is making money off our tragedy. But really, what were we going to do? Sue them and demand 10% of the gross? Would it be any less outrageous than we would that we would make money out of our own tragedy, end quote? And mm. Julie went on to add that they also didn't really have the money to sue. Mm, um, okay. That being said, they did have some issues with the ending. And Stan said, quote, you see, they find Alex Selkie. We are very concerned that if we are confused with that story, people will assume Aton has been found and that would cause other problems for our search, end quote. Yeah, exactly. So in addition, the Pates said that they had heard from friends who assumed that the book described their marriage, which it does not. 
um, because the couple in the book has a very rocky marriage. Oh. Um, yes. So it's kind of a little underhanded dig or something. Yeah. If and, you're basing it on somebody yeah. that you really know and you could presumably hear through a wall. Well, it's funny you say that. Well, no, she didn't live on the same street as them. Oh, I thought she lived in... I thought they were neighbors. Like, they lived in they the same were, building. They were neighbors. They knew each other, and but she lived on Broadway and they lived on Prince. Oh, okay. I thought they were, like, literally in the same building, like, next no, door to each other. No, 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 no. But they were friends. Yeah. Um. So, but it's funny you say that because Gutchen says that her book was not based on the Pate story. Okay, but, like... How? But it's based on the story. Yeah, how are you going to spin that when there's so many connections? Yep. Like, wouldn't you actively try to make your story not sound like that if you were going to write a story? Like, you knew you lived, like, next to them and you were friends with them. Yeah, oh, well, so... but, and she thinks, she thinks, oh, we'll talk about what she thinks. Oh my so, in, in the same article where the Pates were criticizing her, Pates is, um, she told the Times, quote, Absolutely not. It's not patterned after their situation in any way. There are a couple of obvious similarities in that he is a boy and he is six, but this is a character I invented. It's a work of the imagination I'm proud of, end quote. She also said that she asked permission of the Pates family regarding the similar details, saying, quote, I told Julie what I was doing and why I had lunch with her to tell her about it, end quote. Gutchen uh-huh. then said that she told Julie that people would make the connection between her and the book. And, quote, she said, you have my blessing. We're lonely and we have no one to talk to except the media. And she asked me if there was any way she could help, end quote. Mm. So you want to hear what really happened? Yeah. So the Times told Julie that she said this and Julie remembered the lunch very differently. And she said, quote, Beth invited me to lunch a couple of months after Aton's disappeared. She mentioned to me the loss of a sibling when she was young and said that she'd never been able to deal with it. She wanted to know if I'd made talking about my feeling, if I'd mind talking about my feelings to her to straighten herself out about it. So I poured my heart out about it, out about it. It was the first time I'd talked about it with anyone, but people in the press and the dam really broke. This is what I recall. Beth didn't say she intended to write a book about it or publish it. She said that at a much later date, to purge herself of these feelings, she said she'd write a short story about it. Mm. But some of those things I said became a part of the book, end quote. <gasps> oh, and then, my God. Uh-huh. And then Gutchen responded, saying, quote, if that's true, I couldn't say it wasn't true. I always tried to draw that line in the dirt, that about the specific incidents Julie told me, the things she mentioned to me, I wouldn't use it, end quote. No, but you did it, and you're a piece of shit. Yeah. So That's the Pates super is fucked up. even still, and I feel like they only said this because they knew this was going in the Times. They said they still liked Gutchen. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Stan said, quote, Beth is pleasant, and how can I hate her? I think the outrage is misplaced. It should be directed at the person who abducted our child, end quote, which is the most diplomatic fucking answer I could ever yeah. think of. I would say fuck you to anyone who did that to me. Oh, yeah. Fuck her. But even still, the book has a 3.7 out of 5 on Goodreads. And I read through the quote, not the quotes, the um, comments. Uh And it doesn't seem like anybody is aware that this is of the situation. Okay. Because people are all like people were more interested in talking about like the homophobic comments that are then turned on their head. And it talks about how gay rights need to be more of a thing. And I'm like, yeah, but what about yeah that she's like all the rest of this she like stole a personal like conversation that she had with a close friend and then basically made it into a book yeah she trivialized and profited off of somebody else's misery and made it into the ending that everyone wished had happened yeah like and and one of the things in that article too, she was like, no, no, no. I was picturing my son. Um, I put up all photos of him from when he was six years old while I was writing this, and I thought to myself, how would I, as a mother, feel about it? Okay, then why did you ask the mother that this happened to? How did this make you feel? Yeah, that's not how you do like research for your book. Like that's uh, that's fucked up. Yeah, but it's it's got a three point seven out of five on Goodreads. It's got a zero out of five for me. And, and yeah. I'm just never going to read it. 
I just don't like how she went about it. It could be a good book, but like, that's that's not how you do that. Well, it was seen as a good book because in 1983 they made a movie called Without a Trace that was based on Still Missing. Wow. To the point that the movie was even filmed down the street from Shira Pates' school. <gasps> no. Yes. Um, we'll get into that. Jesus. In a minute. But um, the movie is directed by Stanley R. Jaff and stars Tony nominee Kate Nelligan as, let's be real, Julie Pates, Judd yeah. Hirsch, David Dukes, and Queen Stockard Channing, who... Stockard Channing is the kind neighbor that is julie's character's shoulder to cry on yeah hmm interesting can't imagine who that may be casting yourself i guess yep but yeah so the pates has got a call from the principal of shira's school and they were like hey don't know if you know this but this is being filmed down the street from her school and there's a good chance that if you guys didn't know she could walk onto this set yeah which is about a movie based on a book That's based on her based brother's on her disappearance. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so the Pates were very upset. I think that's putting it mildly. And Gutchen claimed that she told Jaff where Shira went to school to avoid such a situation from happening. Mm. Why would you tell him where the fuck she goes to school? Yeah, that's... By the way, one of the children goes to this school at this address, and they're in this grade. So whatever you do, don't film there. Yeah, make sure to film down the street, like, during times when she's free so that she could, like, be there. You know, maybe we could give her a walk-on roll. Jesus Christ. So, meanwhile, he said nobody told him anything and that the location was chosen based on the architecture and the scenery. There's more architecture and more scenery in other places. There is so much fucking architecture in New York. It's not even funny. The whole place is just like a fucking architectural digest magazine. Yeah. But even still, the movie has a 7 out of 10 on IMDb, a 94% Google score, and a 100% tomato tomato meter rating, and a 72% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. All right. People loved the movie. They fucking loved it. And I really do, again, I think, just like with the book, it's because they don't know what it's all based on, yeah. all the controversy. Like, they filmed down the street from the kids' school. Yeah, that's that's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Like, come on. Come on. No. Absolutely yeah, I mean, not. if you're ignorant to the facts, then... then you could watch it without thinking about that so you could say that it's better i think it would taint it knowing all of this information though yeah absolutely but if you would like to watch this tainted bullshit of a movie you can it's on netflix apparently oh, that's what it right. said that's what it said on the thing Actually, netflix gonna- in the u.s netflix in the u.s though i am going to because who knows maybe it's not on netflix in the u.s I'm just going to verify that real quick. Netflix is usually up on all of their true crime stuff, so I would be yeah, surprised Yeah, but this isn't it's really, it's a, it's a fictional movie. Yeah, but like people are into No, it is not on stuff. there. Oh, all right. So you can buy on... it for $90 on Amazon. What? A hard copy. All right. Well. There's only one left, Haley. We could buy it and we could burn it and then nobody gets to see it. No, I think I'm good. I guess. But yeah, that is the very sad and at times incredibly frustrating story of Aton Pates. Yeah, I thought I recognized his name and it was because he was the first milk carton kid. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's horrible. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, fuck that. I hope this list lifted everyone's spirits on this right day what of quarantine um i think it's 600 yeah right yeah this might be a little bit of a bummer to listen to while you're like locked inside by yourself so you might have to do some some light-hearted mini episodes or something 
Yeah, probably. We've also gotten some requests. We've also... All right, a little bit of housekeeping. First of all, we have gotten a request. We have heard your requests about something else that we're discussing, covering. Is it a certain true crime documentary that was released that nobody can shut the fuck up about? I think it might be. Yeah. <laughs> and that includes so. us. That's no shade. That includes us. We also cannot shut the fuck up about it. I mean, but- it's a little bit of shade. It's like, I can't get away from it yeah but there's a reason for that yeah there's a reason it's not it's like new it's not abducted in plain sight that's literally what i was about to say i was like it's what critics will call the abducted in plain sight of 2020 because it's just what the fuck every single minute yep it, it's so all right so i think i've talked about michael isn't super into true crime it's so crazy that within the first five minutes i put it on and he was like nope i'm not watching it i'm getting my things i'm going into the office i'm gonna make music blah 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 he is collecting his things and i sent Haley a photo of it because he just stopped and is standing looking at the tv first five minutes and yep. then just turns around and walks to the couch and we sat there and we binged the whole thing that's how I got Elliot with abducted, not abducted in plain sight, with uh, Love is Blind. We watched that recently. No, I can't get him to watch Love is Blind. I, I'm trying really hard for abducted in plain sight, though, because I really think I was like, you know, abducted in plain sight is just like this. And he was like, no, we, no, uh, we talked about abducted we talked in plain about sight. it. We, we didn't make them watch it. No, we didn't make it, them watch it. Was it was the Ted Bundy one that, that they watched. Yep. Yep. All right. Yeah. So we'll do an episode about that. So everyone calm the fuck down. Yes, we're, we're working on it. We're working on it. Um, What's the other another, bit of housekeeping? Yes, another note of housekeeping. All right, we have good news and we have bad news. Go. The good news is that we are now on Podbean. Woo! I know! Podbean, as of this episode, is our new host. Um, the bad news that comes with it is that we will no longer be on SoundCloud. Um, Sorry, guys. Yeah, it's it's for a lot of business reasons, technical reasons, um, not exactly a host that is very for the creator or with the times. So we're going to have to cut ties with them. Just a little um, bit antiquated. We're trying to, to move on. Uh, when we started the podcast, we kind of had no idea <laughs> how long really? it would. We had no, no clue what we were doing. Yeah, we we had no. no we still don't really have any clue what we're doing. No but, idea. Um, we didn't. I mean, I don't even think we knew how long we would go, and uh, it's just that SoundCloud doesn't fit our needs anymore. So no. we are happy to be on Podbean, and we are I hope very that, excited. Yeah, I don't know if anyone like dedicated listen to us on SoundCloud, but sorry about the move. We will have um, like a Podbean website. I don't have the URL for that as of this minute, but I will put it in the link description um, with the episode when it comes out and we'll post it on all of our social media and stuff too. So um, you can go there if you can't get on SoundCloud anymore or you can listen to us. We're still on um, iTunes, Spotify, all of those um, Yeah, platforms. only SoundCloud is changing. Yep. Um, yeah. And I do want to put out there also for those, we do have some people who listen solely on um soundcloud okay i know my boyfriend's mother is one of them oh um, and i do want to just put it out there and karen if you're listening i'll tell you the same thing personally um we're going to be on soundcloud for the next couple of weeks um yeah. hang on let me just pull up our calendar really quick so that i, I can say give you an accurate like- date until our so our april 14th episode will be the last episode to go up on soundcloud yep and after that our that's when our subscription ends and that will be when we will no longer be on soundcloud yeah so we'll definitely let everyone know um where else you can listen to us if you are somebody that listens to us specifically on soundcloud just message us on any of our platforms and we will personally send you links. Of yes, where it's you also can on our link us. tree. Mm-hmm. You can go to our link tree. Um, you can, I like, really, we'll do whatever we can to make this the easiest transition possible because obviously, of course, it's inconvenient. Um, but it's a little more inconvenient when SoundCloud ain't doing what you need. Yeah. Um, so. And for everyone listening to us on Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts, ignore this whole part. 
anybody who's not listening on soundcloud you're fine yeah nothing has Everything changed else, for you you shouldn't yeah. have even noticed yeah you won't have noticed <laughs> but yeah so that's been in the works for a while it's put some other stuff on hold but right now that's where we're at as of today we are on podbean yay i know <laughs> wipes forehead um yeah yeah everything else is the same you can go to our website crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com that's what that i has, to say yeah that has the <laughs> links to all of our social media facebook instagram twitter blah 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 um we're doing nothing during this quarantine absolutely if, nothing if you're doing nothing then go ahead and message us we're around yeah we're so around it's ridiculous we actually answer too and people are very surprised yeah um i think some of them are surprised because i have a couple messages that i have seen that are marinating because i keep forgetting to respond so if you're one of them we've seen it i just haven't and appreciate it yes i just have not mustered up the energy to respond yet because that's the other thing is we don't like to do like a form thing like oh thank you very much for reaching out to crime culture we will get back to you within six business days and blah 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 blah. no we actually see the messages and take the time to absorb them and respond and hell like create a conversation open up a dialogue yep um so that's that yeah so that's that all right so we will see you um maybe next tuesday maybe sooner i don't know we might be doing some mini episodes if we get our acts together so what you're saying is we won't hey we (laughs) could do it is that a challenge i you know what i think it is this is our new quarantine challenge mini episodes Mm -hmm. however many we don't know however many (gasps) (gasps) i hated that i love myself all right so i'm gonna go now all right see you later bye bye